0: greetings faithful listeners this is reverend tashi welcome to part five of the let's be real series where we explore the concerns affecting our young people thank you for downloading from rev tc views your support of this podcast is highly appreciated In today's episode, we will be speaking with the parents of young people, parents who are parents of teenagers and those who no longer have teenagers, mothers and fathers. So with me today are Mrs. Vivette Bailey, who is mother of two grown daughters who are both married, so she also has grandchildren. And there is Mr. Lincoln Brown, father of two young adults, who he says they are 24 years old and 26 years old. A son and a daughter, by the way. And there is Mr. Andrew Brown, who is father of twin children, a girl and a boy, and they are both 16 years old. So we have great things in store. Stay tuned. Welcome, parents. Good to have you with me today in the
1: discussion. (laughs) Thank you for having
0: us. So we're going to get right into the discussion about the issues that are affecting our young people. And we want to talk about, we want to get the perspective of the parents. And so we want to jump right into the meat of the matter. What would you say is the main challenge of children during the teenage
2: years? Years. Who wants to go first? Ladies go first. (laughs) All right. Well, as I recall, the main challenges of my girls were to be on top of everything. One, one person did not like failure, wanted to be perfect in everything, and wanted to be liked or loved by every, every person around her. And because of that, she would, you know, play down an argument so as not to get on the other person's wrong side. Mm. For the other one, she was just being who she is. She, they don't like to be compared with anybody else, not even her sister. And she would make you know from the very beginning that I am who I am and please don't compare me with anybody else. Okay. In, in, in my case, my kids were
1: challenged because they wanted to belong. They needed to belong to an outside group that, at school and community and the expression of this was that they, they wanted to demand some kind of individuality that you don't know these people anymore you know they want to be something they want to hang out where they want to hang out and the challenge is now there there's a conflict here the values that that group expound didn't work out exactly match what we had at home and what we wanted to teach them and as parents i was not willing to let go oh so
0: just to be clear on that bit you're saying when they were teenagers at some point friendships became more important, important. to them than, yeah. the
2: family than
0: the family values and so on yes. so alright I, I can imagine that there are other teenagers and parents who are going through the same um, the same thing so we will have to pick up on that later on to see how we would have dealt with that Andrew how about your teenagers okay, my
3: teenagers um their situation was a bit unique um as many of you know that um I went through a divorce, and my marriage broke down maybe about over a year before they reached teenage stage so um leading up to that um they had some amount of anxiety because they know that i uh, they knew I was going to leave the house then after I left the house now. Um they were concerned about whether or not I'm coming back to Manchester and it the, the whole separation started playing out in their school life. They were getting disruptive, having their own way, being disrespectful to teachers, even to myself, when I call them you know, on the phone. Mm-hmm. And so um they went through a whole lot. Um sometimes I would get upset with them over um reports from the school but you know in hindsight now I believe I should have been more understanding even though firm and trying to assert discipline. But you know, um it it took a large toll on them and they reacted to it. Okay. Plus the usual teenage challenges.
0: Right and I really appreciate that too Andrew because there are families that have been broken up in the way that he has described and sometimes that is what affects the teenagers and therefore so again we we will have to pick up on that later on to kind of talk about how can we navigate through those challenges because as he said maybe if in hindsight he could have been a little bit more understanding because some of the challenges that your teens would have faced was because mommy and daddy were no longer going to be together in the same house. And so they felt some of the pressure. And maybe even, they they probably even went through some thought processes of Mm -hmm. thinking, is it my fault? Mm -hmm. What could I have done? Because sometimes the, the, the teenagers, the children, actually blame themselves for when their parents don't really work out so i really appreciate your openness where that is concerned and it really does represent a large portion of our young people today who are in similar situations now what kinds of questions were your children asking during the teen years and in your case andrew what what kinds of questions are they asking now during the teenage that, that you think maybe they were pressing questions or what kinds of questions were okay. they asking?
3: Um well my children you know they they are interested in knowing about my plans for the future. They're still asking me whether I want to come back in their parish to live because they know that I am now actively looking another place to live. And um I I, I tell them no, I you know my experience with the parish was not good. I'm not coming back. Um they want to know um whether I'm going to have another family, etc. Uh, <laughs> yes they, they asked me that. Okay. And um they are concerned about whether I'm going to finance their college education. I try to um assure them each time that yes, um where college education is concerned I wouldn't ask your mother for any contribution. If she wants to contribute, fine, but I am willing to to fund everything.
0: Okay. So you realize that, now that your teenagers are still quite concerned about the family situation. So they want to know, is daddy coming close mm-hmm. to us? Mm-hmm. Is Are we going to be living with daddy any at all again? Is daddy going to start a new family? So, you know, they are asking those questions because there is still that need and desire for being a part of the family and i want to i want to 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 speak to parents who are in similar situations you know just to kind of understand that children still desire it's almost like a built-in desire they still desire to be be with and see mommy and daddy they want that structure and and it is it is still the best structure that exists for raising children yes. even though god by his grace and his mercy you know will allow certain other types of family structures that you know and he will help them to grow up to be good citizens of the society and so on but you know that's still god's
1: ideal okay yeah well, in, in, in in my circumstances my daughter wanted to know when she would be allowed to date <laughs> mm-hmm. That's
0: a good one. <laughs> My son
1: wanted to know when, when he would drive, um, there was, in the early, early period, they wanted to hang out with me, and then it, as, as things progress, and I got other friends, then the individuality coming in you now, and they wanted to, they ask questions like, what I think about the friends? just like andrew but i made my promise early andrew i said i promised everybody a first degree <laughs> but andrew made sure they got what they got even though i promised um meaning you
0: promised to school send them through school, school up to, to
1: university the, and then
0: after yeah, that they can work and, and go back to school, school yes Good.
1: i promised that they they wanted to know you know you know the, they needed approval for the, some of the friends that they had, you know, like, you know, if you had a best friend, Andrew had a best friend, what uh, do uh, you think about him, so-and-so, I mean, Gina would want to know, Daddy, what do you think about so-and-so? I would get asked questions and I get set up. If I was asked a question as silly as what I think about work and school, that's another long story, I got set up. but these are the questions they ask because unlike Andrew, they, they saw me every day. I came home every day. Andrew and I lived the wife and I lived together. It was it was a family house. The, this was their house. They had their own room and they had most of the stuff that many of their friends may or may not have, but they had it. and they. I think they appreciated it, but the questions about their future, like Andrew is, is saying, I think maybe is a common thread. Everybody wants to know what is daddy going to do, what is mommy going to do, how we're going to get there. You know? Okay. And they, they just needed approval from Andrew and myself and every other little thing, even when they were asserting their own individuality and saying that I'm one person I need to do this and I need to do that and as I was saying previously I wasn't willing to let go <laughs> I was just mm. not willing to allow them to be adults in my
2: house
0: (laughs) okay so you you were one because eventually you will have to let go but you were one of those fathers who when they were teenagers and they were asserting their individuality and they wanted to behave as if they were adults before the age of adulthood so to speak you were just not having it because no. they were still your little babies. <laughs> so I'm getting from you that they wanted approval, that, you know, they asked for that, approval for their friendships, approval for their activities. They just wanted to know that, you know, mommy and daddy were okay, okay with it. With this. Okay. I understand.
3: All right.
2: Well, I think just like Lincoln, those were some questions of my girls, they knew what we stood for, and so they endeavored to live up to it. They did not have concerns where their education was concerned, right? because daddy made it clear that they are going to go to the highest that he can afford, right? And so they wouldn't ask questions like, you know, how they're going to go to college and the things and things like that. But they were, interesting to know, you know, at what point they stop asking, may I go here or may I go there, instead of saying, I am going here. Oh? <laughs> <You> <laughs> no, understand? Wow. Because that was the time when they, they usually asked to get approval. Can I go over to the Browns House? And they hear, no. Now they want to say, I am going over to the Browns House and to see your reaction, right? And things like curfew time, because throughout their lifespan, they had curfew times, mm-hmm. right? At a certain age, whatever happens, they go to bed or do whatever at certain times, okay. right? So all of that they, they, they had, right? And one of the ways this played out was when Tony started college um, at UPenn, right? As I said, they they are used to a structured situation Mm -hmm. where they ask, they get permission, and they are not going to do anything otherwise. Can I tell you they cause a child to wet up from head to foot? Because we say that when we are not there, don't let anybody in the house, right? When we just came over here, they came from Bethune Avenue for them to go dancing, and they locked up in the house and they would not come out, right? Wow. They were such disciplined children. So when Tony went to UPin, her first term, and she came back, one of her questions were, um, Daddy, Mommy, now that I'm abroad, should I still ask? if I may do this, because, I mean, I'm away from you guys, and, you know. (laughs) So that was one of their things. Approval for friendship, they knew what we stood for. And like most of the time, which, you know, sometimes, now I don't think it was fair, most of the times they were not allowed to go to spend time at their friend's house. Their friends could always come over. But we were not comfortable to send them to stay overnight at anybody's house, especially if it's, if it's somebody from church, then. But if it's a school friend, we don't know their background. We don't know anything. They were not allowed. So all the coming over would have been done at our house and, and stuff like that. So those were the few questions that they had to ask. Okay. And of course, mm-hmm. <laughs> one of Andrine's questions, would you imagine up to teenage, right, was when was she going to get her baby brother? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. That, and that, that never came up. <laughs> no, and mm-hmm. after, after, well, I used to tell her a whole lot of rubbish. <laughs> and, um, When she went to to high school, when she went to Holy Childhood, you know, I told her everything that the baby would do, you know, including tearing up her books and doing stuff like that. And every single thing I said to her, she had an answer for it. To the point where she said, but mommy, you see, Tony and I are going to become big and then we'll be able to help you with the child, right? (laughs) And then now when she went to Holy Childhood, and started doing reproduction. She came home one day, because one of the things I used to tell her was that I'm too old to have a child. She came home one day and she says, Mommy, now I know that you're not too old to have a child. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that, that was one of her questions through, because as you all know, Andrew loves babies. Yes. Mm-hmm. And every aspect of the way, she wants a baby brother. not a baby
0: sister baby brother
2: (laughs) and you know i think that her asking for that child was so as she could be older than i think she wanted that seniority thing Mm -hmm. that's my 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 feeling towards her wanting a baby brother. not that she didn't love babies you know but i figured tony was older and whatever so she wanted somebody to be older than
0: (laughs) I understand. Well, you parents seem to have well-behaved, wonderful children. How sweet <laughs> to hear of the kinds of questions that they were asking. We're just sharing the, we're just sharing the happy from side. Your, the happy side. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all right. Not, all not the side of happy <laughs> <laughs> But what, what, I, what I, I, I would want to, to submit, though, that I think at the core of all the manifestations of different behaviors we see among our teenagers, these are some of the questions that yes. they all have. Questions about their future, wanting approval yes. from mm-hmm. their fathers, and so on. Because, you know, as I had alluded to earlier, that uh, the, 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 the ideal situation for raising children is within the context of a, a family, family where mommy and daddy are there. So if it's daddy alone... Mummy is needed. If it's mommy mm-hmm. alone, daddy, daddy is needed. needed. Both are needed to for children to grow up in a balanced and and I'm speaking of a healthy family situation mm-hmm. because sometimes yes. both parents are there and it's not healthy. Mm-hmm. Yes. It is better for one parent to be there mm-hmm. than two unhealthy parents. Mm-hmm. You know, so we we, we we can understand that. But these are some of the recurring things. Approval. And when our teenagers do not get approval from Especially the daughters, when they don't get it from the fathers and the the mothers are not around to give the approval to their sons, they seek approval elsewhere. and there are several persons out there in the world who are waiting willing. to give approval mm-hmm. in whatever way, shape or form to our young people and that is why you know this conversation is very important, very important. and it is also important too for leaders in the church. Which leads me to my next question: In your own homes with your children, was or is church mandatory? when they were teenagers, was church something that was optional or mandatory? What's what's the position?
1: I don't think Andrew would be in that position, but because remember he says he came up before they were teenagers. But when in my in my house. It wasn't if or but. Put on your clothes. You have to go. Okay. It was not a question of not this Sunday. It's every Sunday, have to go. All
2: right. While they were teenagers? While they were teenagers. Good. All right. In my case, it was no option. Sunday was not seen as a day to study, regardless what exam you have seven o'clock Monday morning. They have to come to church because we taught them that if God cannot help them, then sitting up all night, you know, would not help the situation. Their dependency was on God. And they grew up knowing it so much that whenever they spend weekend out, they go on a Friday evening, and Saturday evening they're coming home because they have to be in church on a Sunday. No two ways about it.
1: Mm. I, 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 I want to add to what <laughs> everybody is saying you know, because It has happened that Janelle is the study one, not Andre. Janelle is the one who studies. Janelle is the one who if Janelle gets BRC, it's tears, she likes to be you know, on top of her academic studies. And, you know, she contended to say that she has to study. And she realized that when she tries to study on a Sunday, her mind is at church. So okay. she doesn't, she doesn't bother with it anymore. She has responsibilities at church. She comes to execute her responsibilities at church because she realize if she's still home, she don't get no studies done because her mind is here okay and she told me that she told me that many times that that it don't make sense
0: and in some cases when they when they're allowed to stay home to study it's not even it's not always that their mind is at church sometimes they just don't get anything done (laughs) because you you, you might say i'm gonna sleep a little later or some other thing or they might watch TV. Yes, the, the mm-hmm. procrastination. So there are so many other mm-hmm. things going on that uh, you know they might just, just not end up, up studying. Not studying. What what would and, you
2: oh go ahead okay. and um we were examples to our children because Alvin and I studied together during the first year of our marriage. And we never, we study until Friday evening, and that's it, right? Sunday is out of it, regardless of what is happening. And so I think they grew up understanding that. Yes. Right? No study group, no, if they have to have a study group, it has to be after church, right? But no study group during church, no weekend going together and you can't come to church because weekend the group has to be together it was never like that
0: okay
3: what how how would you um in in my family situation now prior to the breakdown of the marriage um church on a sunday was mandatory every sunday everybody would have to go to church um up to a point um leading up to the marriage i stopped going to church with my ex but they continue going to church um, by themselves. Uh, after I left the, the matrimonial home, I whenever I call and check up on them, I would always find out if they go to church. Okay. And sometimes I would ask them what the sermon was, was about. What Just did they learn in right. the school? Just to see you know, if they are sometimes paying they attention. Don't remember, but based on how they, they responded to, to the question, it appears as if they were going to church. And I don't get to communicate with them as often right now as, you know, a father showed them. But on the rare occasion, when I get to speak to them and the whole matter of church comes up, Mm -hmm. they make it appear as if they continue to go to church. Okay. Okay. What that That is- Plus, I always tell them that I am in church every Sunday. And whenever the the few times they come to spend time with me, they have to come to church. Okay.
0: Okay. So they understand your position then on church, that church is important. What, 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 as we, I think we are almost out of time, almost. But I want to probe a little bit on this church thing because... The fact is, we exist in a context where we have heard it said in the scriptures, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. And so what I'm getting from you as parents would be that you would have been deliberate in setting certain foundational values and so on as your children grew up into the teenage years and so on. You were very deliberate about that. There were some things that were just not an option, and you mm. made it clear and you followed through on it and so on. But the truth is, and I notice in the main, we would have been talking about them studying because we live in a culture you now when we when we, our we have teenagers who are still interested in studying and and they like to be on top of their game, as you said in your cases and so on. but there are parents who will uh, allow their children to stay home on a sunday morning or whenever the church morning is so because they have an exam so that they can study and sometimes the parents stay home with them or the parents leave them at home or you know compromises are Mm -hmm, made mm -hmm. sometimes they end up going to classes or they have exams that morning from extra class or some other things, sometimes compromises are made and so on. But regardless of, of that, I want to ask the question, why is church so important or why was it so important when there were teenagers coming up, when they lived under your roof, when you were with them? Why was church so important to the point where you made it mandatory? And is this something you would advise other parents to consider as they raise their children to parents who have teenagers now because i mean if they are in their 20s and 30s you cannot now go and say go to church it's mandatory but while they're in their care Mm -hmm. i wanted to kind of talk about why it was so mandatory and how would you is this a model that you recommend for parents who now have teenagers in their homes
3: Yes, um, it is very important that you train the child as the bible said eh, um to to follow God's will and um god's words and making it mandatory from early in their life right up to teenage years eh, is the the time when they are taking shape mentally spiritually etc, and when they are um brought up in in that manner. It, it is riveted in their minds the importance of mm-hmm. the Creator, the importance of God, the importance of trust and obeying Him. And um, there is a saying that if you stray, even if, if, if you, you know, stray from the Lord, once you are properly trained and appreciate God in mm-hmm. your young years, it's only a matter of time you will come back. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it is true, um, when, when trouble take them out there, in, if they stray from God in their adult life, they will remember the days when mommy and daddy usually trust in God and what God did for them yes. and all the you know, struggles that they were brought through. And they will one day say to themselves, like the prodigal son, I need to mm-hmm. go back mm-hmm. to where I'm coming from, I need to... Put back my trust in the God I use. Yes, serve. I need to leave these piques. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes, and, and go back. Amen.
2: I agree a whole lot with what um, Andrew said. Mm-hmm. But then I want to add another scripture, which says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added mm. unto you. And I would want to say, that in making it mandatory helps them to understand that god is god i don't know any other way to say it right mm-hmm. and that you know if it's optional we think that god is a toy you play with him when you want to and you don't play with him when you want they need to to understand the importance of god in their lives They need to understand the importance of God in being in the family. And so, from your example, because it's not the fact that you are saying, go to church, go to church, go to church, right? But you are going with them. And from doing that, they can see the blessings of God. They can see how God has been dealing dealing with you as a parent, right? And they will learn to trust him more. They will learn to understand that he is the big man up there and he rules things. And as I refer to the passage, I want us all to understand that we need to seek God first and foremost, you know, and then everything else, the education, everything else. God is not a toy that we play with. God is not somebody or... Something as sometimes you would want to put it right that you know you feel like going today and you don't feel serving God is not a feeling. It's knowing a person and having a relationship with Him, trusting that person and knowing that that person can see you through from birth to death.
0: Mm. Amen. I have time. Yes. Final comment. <laughs>
1: no, I mean, my my final comment, on is that not only do I agree with Andrew and Sister Bebe, is that there's not much to add. If, if you have to have faith in something, and what we what, what we try to inculcate in them, when you accept God and you can put it to God in prayer, everything will fall in place, right? It's it's a kind of faith that if I put it to God it gets done and what is important about what both Andrew and Vivette have said is a relationship you can go and ask God for something when you don't have a relationship with him if, you're not, if you have no intention to play with him like Ataya as Vivette said it won't work you have to show our children by example that the jobs I've gotten all my life, wasn't because I was the brightest one, but because of God's favor. One moment of God's favor and anybody's life can change everything. Mm -hmm. Mm. And if you don't have a relationship with the God and give your life to Christ, where do you expect this favor to come from? Mm. That is the point we make with our children that God and the favor that that comes with a relationship with God is all yours. And that passage that Vivek quoted is a key one for every Christian should know. Your first job is to seek him out and worship him. That's your first job. Everything else will just, will just come.
0: Okay. All right. Thank you very much for that. And I just want to conclude based on this topic of discussion this particular one where we're talking about why was church mandatory for for your teens when 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 you know when you had that kind of influence over them the fact is that parents place emphasis and makes mandatory education where they don't get up on a Monday morning or on a weekday and say, oh, I don't feel like going to school today. And and we say, all right, don't Mm -hmm. go to school today. We say, no, you have to go to school today. And we have them going to school five days a week. And in the summer, if they get a summer job, they have to take that as seriously as adults do in a Mm -hmm. professional setting. And so we place a lot of emphasis on these things. But, you know, there are some parents who do not... who are not deliberate about them nurturing and growing their spiritual side and so on. And we place emphasis on looks and fashion and image and all of that. But when it comes to the inner beauty and spirituality and training the mind in the ways of the Lord, those things tend to get left behind. And therefore, you know, it is very, very important that we advise parents to be deliberate about raising your children in a balanced way which means that church and God and the things of God must be part of the mix there we have it thank you so much for coming we are already at the end of part 5 of our let's be real series We will be having part six as we continue the conversation on these issues affecting our young people. See you for part six.